0: Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Mobile Studio at the Wisconsin State Fair, this is the Jeff Wagner Show.
1: With all due respect, I reject your theory completely. But you know what? There needs to be some backlash to this. This would be disastrous. There really has to be a better way. And I think the biggest question here is, what the hell is going on?
0: The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 414-799-1620.
1: Move for president.
0: Get in the race. Will he run? And now, WTMJ's Jeff
1: Wagner. Well, good afternoon, Wisconsin. We are broadcasting live from the State Fair. Now we do this at the start of every show because there's some people who don't believe that we landed people on the moon that that was all fake. We really are broadcasting from the State Fair, so give yourselves a round of applause here, everybody. There you go. See, and a particularly attractive crowd, I might add. There, so welcome. Um, this is, uh, it's actually, it's very warm outside today. This is uh, probably the hottest day, uh, at least so far, and humid, but that's great. You come on out here, make sure you stay hydrated. There's lots of opportunities to do that. Uh, this is a very difficult day. O- over the weekend, somebody said to me, somebody said to me, hey, you know, you're, oh, you're going to have a lot to talk about on Monday. And I said, no, no, I, I actually, I hate Hate, hate, hate days like today. I've been doing this for this market for going on 25 years, and it's just so frustrating. You have the, the tragic story. I mean, first what happened at the Walmart in El, pa- El Paso, and then, you know, 12, 13 hours later, the shooting in Dayton. And it's just, it is a frustrating sort of thing. And, I mean, I remember collectively when we were all shocked when you had the shooting at Columbine High School. Now, unfortunately, you have more and more and more of these mass shootings, and everybody gets frustrated. Well, in the course of the next hour or so, and we're not going to spend the entire program talking about the events that happened over the weekend, but we will spend some time, and I predict that... Well, by the time we get done, you will agree with me on some things. Maybe you'll disagree with me on others, but we are going to try to have an honest conversation about what's going on. The other story that bears watching is the stock market is, well, I hate to use the word crashing, but the stock market is crashing. Um, the last two weeks have been not great weeks in the stock market as a general rule, and today alone, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 7 Hundred points, which is about a 2.6% drop. The tech-heavy tech NASDAQ is down 254 points, and that's an over 3% drop. So, I mean, this is also the sixth day in a row, unless something dramatically turns around, that the NASDAQ will have gone down. That would be the longest losing streak for the NASDAQ since about 2016. So what what's going on and what's happening? Well, it's it's China. As I I think we've talked about before, President Trump decided to pick a fight with China over trade. And they've been going back and forth over this. And last week, President Trump announced that, well, he was going to impose a a 10% tariff on all Chinese goods. And China has now responded. They're manipulating their currency. They've announced that they're going to be considering a, a complete and total ban on U.S. agricultural imports. But the bottom line of all this is, at least in the short term, it has caused the Dow Jones Industrial Average to absolutely plunge. Now, I know whenever this happens, I always get an email or two from typically people who make their living selling stocks saying, oh, this is a great time to buy. Now, now that, you know, the market, it just dropped three percent. The Nasdaq's down three percent. Now, this is a great opportunity to buy. Well, it's only a great opportunity to buy if you have a ton of cash sitting around. Most people... Oh, fully invested. And you kind of look at your 401ks and you say, OK, well, one day this was worth this. And, and now all of a sudden, through no fault of my own, because of all this international political turmoil, now it's down hundreds of points. So we're going to continue to, to follow that. But like I say, it is a brutal, brutal day in the stock market. It was, of course, a brutal day for series of days over the weekend in this country. First of all, you had the story out of the Walmart in El Paso when some psychotic loser drives to this Walmart, goes in and goes aisle after aisle after aisle, you know, shooting people. So what's the, the death total now? 21, I think, at last checked, and, um, and dozens more injured. And then you have the situation. We'll talk more about the guy who was the shooter and his background just a little bit. And then, of course, you have the story 12, 13 hours later, the bizarre story out of Dayton, Ohio, where you have a 24-year-old guy who, with his sister and a friend, they, they go to kind of the bar area of Dayton, Ohio. I mean, I think Water Street is you know is, is kind of the example that I would give. The guy goes into one of these bars with his sister and his friend. He excuses himself. He, he leaves, and nobody exactly knows what the motive is thus far, but what he does is he goes and he puts on a mask and body armor, and he grabs um, an, an assault-style rifle, And the assault-style rifle, he's also somehow been able to obtain these new military-style magazines that have like a 100 rounds in them. And he goes out and he starts shooting in this bar. Now, the miracle of this is that there were two police officers on the scene. And they confront the shooter within 20 to 30 seconds of him beginning to shoot. And they kill him and they take him down. But he was able to kill nine people and injure a ton more. And, of course, the reality is if those police officers hadn't been on the scene and hadn't responded, I mean, you can only imagine you know, how bad that carnage would have been with what this guy was attempting to do, which, again, makes an interesting contrast. Remember there was a story of that high school shooting a while back? And you had the... Sheriff's deputy, the resource officer, who instead of racing into the school to confront the shooter decided in a cowardly sort of fashion to linger outside, allowing the shooting to continue. Imagine what would have happened yesterday if these Dayton police officers, aware that there was a shooting situation, hadn't run towards the danger, and confronted it and taken down the shooter. So they, in my mind, are are complete and total heroes. All right, there's a number of different aspects of of what happened over the weekend that I want to discuss. Let's start with this. As, As often happens in the aftermath of of one of these shootings, you have politicians that start to call for gun control measures. Now hear me out on this. In this particular case, my understanding is that both of the shooters, the 21-year-old guy in El Paso and the 24-year-old guy in Dayton, they had no criminal record. They would have been legally allowed to purchase firearms. All right? Background checks, universal background checks, things like that would not have made any difference because they would have still been able to purchase the firearm. Having said that, even though that would not have stopped this particular situation, a number of people are saying, why not have universal background checks? On top of that, and, and this is one thing that really hits home, and I'm not a gun banner at all, and I think as a practical matter, you're never going to reach a point in this country where you're going to go out and you're going to start confiscating people's firearms, but I admit that I was struck by the fact that yesterday, the guy the guy in Dayton, Sunday night, Sunday morning, the guy in Dayton had not only the assault-style rifle, which means it's not fully automatic, but you can shoot as quickly as you can pull the trigger. I was struck by the fact that he not only had that rifle, but he had a magazine that contained a hundred rounds of ammunition, 414-799-1620. That is the acunate mortgage talk and text line. Now I'm not a gun banner. I'm not. I'm not this guy that's going to say, okay, go to people's homes and take their firearms away. At the same time, I do think we have to be open to reasonable gun control measures. And I, for the life of me, cannot understand why a private citizen needs a magazine that contains a hundred rounds so you can shoot a hundred rounds without having to reload. I don't understand why the average citizen needs one of these oversized um, magazines that contains 10 or 20 or 30 rounds or whatever. Now, I understand that that's not going to stop necessarily some of these shootings. And I understand that somebody can, if you limit the size of the magazine to, say, 10 rounds of ammunition, I understand somebody can go and they can buy five or 10 or however many, you know, magazines, so they're going to be able to reload at high speed. So I, I understand it's not a perfect solution. But for the life of me, can't we all agree that average citizens don't need to have magazines that attach to the firearms that shoot 100 rounds. I mean, isn't that something, regardless of whether you're a conservative or a liberal, I'm not talking about banning guns. I'm not talking about outlawing, you know, the the semi-automatic, you know, rifles. I'm not even talking about that now. But I am saying, just like after what happened in Las Vegas and that shooting out of the uh, Mandalay Bay, where we said, why does an average citizen need a, a bump stock, something that takes an ordinary rifle and effectively converts it into a machine gun. Why do we need why do we need that type of ammunition? Why do you need a hundred rounds in a magazine? Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That is the ACUNIT Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And again, I understand this doesn't solve all this stuff, but wouldn't it be a start? 414 799 1620, is it time to at least look at banning certain types of let's this is start small. Certain types of magazines that really don't belong, at least in my opinion, in the hands of private citizens. Does the military want it? I understand why the military would like it. I I get it. All right? Makes perfect sense to me. You're going into war. you got a magazine that's got 100 rounds, so you don't have to un- reload. I understand that. I don't understand why a 24-year-old in Dayton, Ohio, needs that. 414-799-1620. If you're on the line, please hold on. We're back to discuss in just a moment. It's 1220. We're broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair.
0: Back to Take
1: Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair here's a text Jeff why does the general public need a corvette that can go 150 when the speed limit is 70 miles an hour well I, I think that that's a tough analogy to make to I don't know a semi-automatic rifle that even if we're not talking about taking away your right to do that why do you need a hundred a hundred round magazine the only reason you would have something like that is if you're either in the military or or you're planning to be a major shooter. There, there aren't absolute. There, in my opinion, there is not an absolute right to own firearms, and, and that's that's pretty much true. You know, if you want to own a machine gun, for example, you've got to go through background checks. You've got to get approval by the local sheriff's. Same sort of rules on f- on suppressors, silencers. I just don't understand why you need these large capacity magazines. And maybe that's a start. Can't reasonable people agree on something here, Mike in Milwaukee? Mike, you're on W. TMJ.
2: Yeah, Jeff, I was just telling your screener,
3: uh, everybody's always worried about confiscating the guns that are already out there and how impossible it is. But, you know, just put a controls on the ammunition and the sale of ammunition or the production of it. Uh, you know, a gun without the ammunition is just a clumsy club.
1: Well, right, and I guess uh, thanks for the call. I mean, I I, I understand. I'm, I'm getting these texts, for example, Jeff. I, I'm I'm surprised that you don't have a better understanding of the founding fathers' intent of the Second Amendment. Well. Right. I mean, there's all sorts of debates about what the Second Amendment means. Um, The Second Amendment is, you know, the the phrase is, uh, you know, a well-armed militia. And some people would argue that that was intended to mean, you know, not individual firearm ownership, but rather um, would rather, I mean, again, armies and things like that. Look, I I don't go that far. I I don't. But at the same time, keep in mind at the time of the Second Amendment, you you had what what muzzle loaders or, you know, the the single shot type of, of firearms you didn't have semi-automatic rifles where you could have a a magazine that contained a 100 rounds on it. And, again, my frustration is that you have people who are just absolutists on this type of thing. It's the same fundamental problem I have sometimes with the issue of abortion. You just saw this play out with Planned Parenthood. They dumped their new leader. They hired this woman, and she said, Hey, look, I want to get away from it being exclusively all abortion all the time. Well, the people at Planned Parenthood didn't want to do that. Well, some people, when it comes to firearms, it's again, it's this absolutist absolutism. No, we can't have restrictions on armor piercing bullets. Why not? No, we can't have restrictions on the size of magazines. Why not? No, we can't have restrictions on bump stocks that turn an ordinary rifle into a machine gun. Well, my answer is why not? 414-799-1620. Greg and Kenosha. Greg, you're on WTMJ.
4: Hi, Jeff. Well, I am hey, a right. strong Trump supporter and a uh, very conservative political guy in all ways. Um, however, that being said, uh, I think that we haven't got it figured out. yet. I think anything that everybody can agree on is that we haven't got it figured out yet. And until we do, uh, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't put a... Uh, an exploratory ban on the sale of any of the things you're talking about, as well as the sale of military-style weapons. Because let me ask you this: Who in the world needs a weapon like that, especially in an urban arena, an urban area of ten thousand people or more? Who needs it, and what what do they need it for?
1: Uh, I can't. See well, it. Greg, the, ar- the argument would be, and the argument would be, well, we can't restrict this at all because. You know, it's not a question about need. Maybe you're going to need to defend yourself from the government or from an invasion or something. The argument is you should have an absolute right to have whatever you want and to have the most firepower you possibly want.
4: Well, I I know it's pretty hard to buy a 50 caliber, even though I've been to Africa several times and I've seen trucks with 50 caliber on it. I just don't think that we I think that we are in a situation right now where we don't have any answers and until we right. we should put a ban on it for a while you know i don't know 2 years 3 years 4 years whatever until we figure it out because right now uh, the the people who are killing other people at random are either mentally ill people that we haven't figured out what to do with them or they're right. terrorist operations and we haven't figured out really what to do with them either and then we have the influx of these gang members like M13 that are everywhere and we right. haven't figured out what to do with them either so until we figure it out i think we need to put a ban on this
1: stuff got it thanks to call now i mean here here's my reservation with that i mean i guess for, first of all as a practical matter there are hundreds of thousands of these firearms, probably more than that, um, you know, in existence right now. And so you could put a ban on sale or transfer, but that's not going to get them off the market. That's just not what's. That's not going to happen. So you know, anything you're going to do is going to be somewhat limited. And I also appreciate that there are legitimate purposes. For some of these firearms, I know that there's sportsmen that use them and they like to shoot at the ranges and things like that, and some people use them for hunting. My only point is can't we agree that there should be some reasonable limitations? I mean, again, I I go back to this notion why do you need to have a magazine that's got 20 bullets in it? Why do you need a magazine that was developed for the military that has a hundred rounds in it? And if the argument is going to be, well, you know, I, I I like to go out and shoot at targets and I don't like to have to reload as much. I, I'm sorry, that that's not that compelling an argument. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That's the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And and here's part of the problem. And I, and I caution this to to all the folks out there that are consider themselves members of the pro gun community and stuff. If if you're not willing to budge on reasonable sort of things, well, what happens is people are going to start to look at you as if you're a member of a, of a fringe group. Because I will tell you, my guess is there's a lot of people who are conservative, Trump supporters, Second Amendment right people who say, yeah, I'm uncomfortable with the idea that somebody's walking around with a magazine that's got 100 rounds that they can fire off without reloading. Why does the average citizen need it? All right. Going to take a quick break. This is Jeff Wagner.
0: Back for more, here's WTMJ's
1: Jeff Wagner. Welcome. Welcome back. We're broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair. One of the great things that happens is you just never know who's going to walk by, and I am now joined by the former governor of the state of Wisconsin, Scott Walker. Hi, Scott. Hey, Jeff. Good to be with you. All right, well, glad to see you. Okay, what brings you out to the fair? I know your lovely wife, Tonette, is here with you. That's
5: right. We said uh, we got to get to the fair, so we got Saz's. Tonette and I met at Saz's, so we always go have some food at Saz's and making our way over to the expo and around the grounds. We're going to have a lot of fun.
1: Uh, Okay. All right, you have had... A sort of busy time, you know. Since leaving the governor's office, let let's talk about you know your your plans. Now, you you've announced that you're not going to be a candidate for anything in 2022. What's that all about?
5: Yeah, beginning in the start of 2021. So after this next election cycle, I'm going to become the new president of Young America's Foundation, YAF. Uh, which is on college campuses all across America. I do work with uh, college, high school students. Just came off their national conference last week with the vice president and five great conservative U.S. senators were there. The, the best part, Tonette and I love, is they run, own, and operate the Reagan Ranch. So Ronald Reagan, William F. Buckley started in 1960. And that was Young Americans for Freedom. At right, the time, and that's right? what this is. This is Young Americans for Freedom started with Buckley. Ronald Reagan was their national honorary chair from 62 on. And then years ago, when they took on the ranch, they merged it together in a foundation. So YAF is still on campuses, Young Americans for Freedom, and then they also run the ranch. And, uh, and then the biggest thing we do these days is fight for free speech rights for conservatives on campuses.
1: All right. Now, I understand, given the political climate today, that what I'm going to ask you is a, is a really stupid question. But why the decision to essentially step back from elected political life and, and go in that direction?
5: Well, you know, I'm 22 years younger than the president, so it doesn't mean even if I take a few years off that I couldn't run again. But uh, I just looked at the numbers and said that the latest Gallup poll shows that those adults under the age of 30, nearly 60 percent, embrace socialism. Worse off than that, I thought, was less than a quarter of all that same age group say they're exceptionally proud to be Americans and say we got a failure here, whether it's in education, higher ed. Mass media wherever they're not getting the message when you have AOC saying that her generation missed out on American prosperity when the facts show just the opposite. No generation in the history of the world has been blessed with more opportunities uh, for prosperity for freedom. Uh, sure, there's problems we got to dress out there. But as a generation, they've never been better off than they are today. We got to get that message out. And most importantly, we've got to reinforce the love for America. That my generation, I know a lot of others before us, passed on to us.
1: So you're going to be starting this job in 2021. Do you anticipate that you're going to continue to maintain a, a presence, either a home or whatever, here in Wisconsin?
5: Yes, absolutely. In fact, I'm honored. The president asked me to chair his re-election campaign here in Wisconsin. Even after 2021, we'll continue to have a presence here. Our kids live in downtown Milwaukee, Matt and Alex both work. It's kind of nice to have them not only out of the nest but off the payroll. (laughs) Uh, My mother lives out in Waukesha. My brother, my sister-in-law, my uh, two beautiful nieces all live in the area. So, yeah, we'll stay connected. For us, if we're smart, you know, there's offices in Virginia. There's the Reagan Ranch and a beautiful uh, Reagan Ranch Center out in Santa Barbara. If we're smart, we'll figure out a way to do a lot of the work at the ranch and the center in January and February maybe spring and and fall some in virginia and then the summers make our way back to wisconsin
1: right now since since leaving elected office i I know you you've maintained a a relatively high a very high profile i mean i follow you on on twitter and all the different types of things um what what do you think about what's going on in madison since you left
5: Well, thank God for the legislature. I thank uh, the good Lord literally every day for Robin Voss and Scott Fitzgerald, the Republicans there. Uh, Obviously, it's tough when you've got split government, but I think they've done exceptionally well. I mean, who would have thought they'd actually, after the current governor even vetoed the tax cut he said he was for, but for them to keep pushing, get that in the budget... Uh, I think it's remarkable, but it's we can't take anything for granted in 2020 uh, in the Senate and the Assembly, even for our five Republican members of the uh, Senate and then the presidential election. It's going to be incredibly close. I talk to folks, as probably you do, Jeff, all the time, who, who say, well, logically, we've we've never had a better economy. We have the lowest unemployment rate uh, since 1969. African-American, Latino, um, people with disabilities and veterans, each of those categories have never had lower unemployment rates than we have right now. Wages are up. Uh, things are going the right direction. But, unfortunately, the mass media distorts that time and time again with this president. How do you deal with
1: in Wisconsin, what, what I'm going to describe is the enthusiasm gap. Now, may, maybe you disagree. I, I think you win the governor's race if it's not for this huge turnout in Dane County with people who were motivated, I don't think necessarily to vote against you, but to vote against anybody that had a, an yeah, R after sure. their, their name, which was, I think, a reaction to President Trump. H- how, do, how do they turn it that around in Wisconsin yeah, Madison, in 2020?
5: And, Madison and marijuana, when people ask. Yeah. We actually got 34,000 more votes in 2020. 2018 than we did in 2014 which surprises people but they put they were smart strategically i may not agree with the process but i, I strategically politically they're smart they put referendum questions on marijuana around Madison and other key college campuses They had all the angst from those uh, on the far left in Madison, 93% turnout. Uh, I think we saw a little bit of it with Brian Hagedorn, who's going to be a tremendous addition to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. And I think conservatives woke up. But remember, Jeff, I was on your show and other shows a year and a half out saying there's a blue wave coming. We don't wake up. We saw it over in Hudson in the northwest part of the state. A year and a half, almost two years ago now, with the special election for the state Senate, where a Democrat won in a Republican area, and that's just because they're motivated. Someone asked me about the DNC convention in Milwaukee next year. I said, it's not going to motivate Democrats. They're already motivated. The key is, how do we get Republicans to go beyond just voting? As Republicans came home, Republicans still voted for me. They still voted for others, Brad Schimmel on the list. They didn't do, though, what they did in the recall, which was go out and knock on 100 doors, drag people out of work, drag people out of their homes, drag people out of school, drag people from church to the polls and tell them how important that was. They're going to have to do that in 2020. And uh, if they don't, I mean, just to show how serious this is, not only will the president not carry Wisconsin, he's going to lose nationwide. There's just almost no way he can win reelection without carrying Wisconsin, and that means we got to wake up here and make a difference.
1: As you put on your pundit hat, who, who do you see as being the most likely nominee from the Democrats?
5: You know, the conventional wisdom is Joe Biden, just because he's ahead in the polls. But I, I don't think he can. I don't think he can pull it out because I think to show you how bizarre. What the world is we live in today joe biden isn't liberal enough uh, yeah. for the electorate out there and, and they believe not only are they liberal socialists embracing it full and outright uh they believe they're going to win no matter what so they don't want to settle you know historically someone like joe biden who was you know even in a state like ohio is the only democrat i've seen the latest poll that is ahead of the president for now in ohio i don't think uh, the the Primary voters think that's enough. I think they assume they're going to win. They think they're going to win by landslide. So they want to embrace I still think Bernie Sanders is the hands-on favorite, really? Even though you had Harris was, you know, the not last debate, the debate before she, you know, was the flavor of the day, I think you're going to get others who are going to peak. Uh, but I think in the end, Bernie Sanders has the infrastructure. It really boils down to him and Biden. And when other socialists slash liberals fall out of the race, I think their votes overwhelmingly come home to Bernie. You see,
1: that would make for a very, very interesting dynamic when the election then becomes perhaps less about President Trump and his tweeting and more about then whether or not America is ready for a, a fundamental shift of let's forgive all the college loans and let's have you know socialized medicine and let's do all these other things.
5: Well, I think it's good and bad. I mean, the good part is exactly as you say. It becomes a clear clash. And when you can put an emphasis on the Democrat nominee as happened four years ago with Hillary Clinton, that generally is a good thing. The difference, though, I, I still would warn any lady listening, any of my friends and colleagues across the state and across the country, don't take Bernie Sanders for granted, and I'll tell you why. One quick story. So a month after the 2016 election, I met Cole's getting a Christmas gift for Tonette, it's, she'll laugh sitting here with me that the only time, two times I shop is Christmas and her birthday. Uh, the rest of the time, she gets all the gifts. But So I'm in Kohl's, and there's, I'm up in the front, you know, where they usually have Packers and Badgers stuff right. on sale. Like, everything's on sale there. But the, there's this young guy, about 25, hovering, and I think he's either an employee or a fan. Turns out he's both. So he comes up and asks for a picture. I said, oh, yeah, sure. He goes, oh, this is crazy here. He said, I was a Bernie Sanders supporter. And then when he got out, I didn't know what to do. So I went with Trump. I'm thinking, I want to take a picture with you. Right. Who are you? But it made me realize me, Bernie Sanders, and Trump have many ways, you know, light years difference on policy. But in his mind, we were each fighters. I stood up against 100,000 protesters. Bernie Sanders stood up against the man. Donald Trump was going to drain the swamp. In his mind, they were all authentic fighters. At Agents a time. for change. Exactly. And he was sick of all the people who say one thing and do another. So I wouldn't write Bernie Sanders off, even if he's the nominee. We're still going to have to work hard because he's the real deal, as wrong as it is.
1: Interesting. Governor Scott Walker, thanks for stopping by. Enjoy the rest of the fair. It's, it's cool here in our little...
5: Tonight's happy that I stopped in because the air conditioning's on here. So thanks for letting us pop in for a few minutes. Well, Have a great here, day.
1: Everybody's giving you a round of applause there. For, that's, okay, thumbs up and all that. Hey all that right, at the fair. All right, that's Governor Scott Walker. Oh, we'll be back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. So, very glad to have you with us. This is Jeff Wagner. We're broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair. Um, It's probably the warmest day of the fair. Plenty of room out here, and, and actually, as they often do with the fair, uh, today is a value day. Um, all fairgoers eligible for discounted State Fair admission till six o'clock this evening, thanks to a partnership with Coles. Adults receive six dollars admission; that's an eight dollar savings. Youth eleven and under get free admission. The promotion ends promptly at six, so you need to be here before six o'clock to take advantage of that. Coming up in about ten minutes, I, I want to talk about the the. Another thing that's, uh, of course, given the fact that it's a political silly season, in the immediate aftermath of the shootings over the weekend, you have people that are pointing fingers and passing on blame. And, of course, one of the people that's being blamed is President Trump. We're going to talk about that again in about 10 minutes. Um, First, though, it appears, perhaps that maybe Tom Barrett is listening. Now the mayor of the city of Milwaukee it doesn't he's not listening on the on the trolley, you know, that's that's his legacy. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't matter if you're not going to be able to um, charge for it because nobody'll ride it. You know, he wants to spend tens of millions of dollars of taxpayer money to expand it to all sorts of places. But when it comes to at least the e-scooters, he's apparently well, he's starting to get the point. Now, look, I'm not against these scooters. We've talked about this a couple times. The problem is the way they are being rolled out. There's no regulation at all. The I want to say the vast majority. Maybe it's the maybe it's it's a, a slim minority. But a lot of these things, you go downtown, and what you're going to see is you're going to see people riding these things on the sidewalks. Okay. You're not allowed to do it on the sidewalks. You're going to see people weaving in and out of traffic on these scooters. You're not allowed to do that. You're going to see people riding these things without helmets. It's just a recipe for disaster. There have already been over 100-plus complaints that have been filed against people for, again, misusing these scooters. And it's only getting started. Now, this isn't a law enforcement matter. I get the fact and the Milwaukee police, Lord knows, have enough other things to do than to ticket somebody who's riding down a sidewalk on Wisconsin Avenue on one of these scooters. But at the same time, Barrett is understanding that this is a problem and it is a hazard. And so he's announced over the weekend, hey, we're suspending. Any more scooter applications, these Lime scooters, we're not going to allow them to put more in these other companies that want to come in here. We're not going to uh, do deals with them, at least until we figure out a way that we can make sure that the rules are going to be enforced. Now, I'm not sure how you do it. But at least in this one regard, Tom Barrett and I think members of the Common Council are recognizing that this rollout they did at least right now isn't working or at least it's not working like they hoped. And I think he gets credit for that. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back after the news, we're going to be talking about whether or not President Trump bears responsibility for what happened over the weekend. Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner broadcasting live from the State Fair.
0: Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Mobile Studio at the Wisconsin State Fair, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now,
1: WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back. Broadcasting live from the Fair. One of the things I love about being out here is you get the the opportunity to interact with people and you get like immediate feedback. A gentleman came up during the break and said, I bought an e-bike. And then his wife said, I bought one, too. So folks at Wheel and Sprocket are probably thrilled with that. All right. I, I, I'm still getting all sorts of emails from people, some of whom agree with my position on maybe an average citizen doesn't need uh, a magazine that has 100 shots in it so you can fire 100 times without reloading. And some people who disagree saying, well, I bet but the people in China wish they had those you know high caliber, uh, those high capacity magazines so they could fight the government. Well, I, you know, I'm not sure that's the best argument you want to make. But all right, let's let's wade into another aspect of, you know, what happened over the weekend there is no question that President Trump well I, I think we could all agree that he is unconventional unconventional in some of the positions he takes unconventional in his use of social media unconventional in the way he does some of his rallies and and things like that there, there's no question about it now you can argue that he's also incredibly divisive as well but whether that's his fault or not, there, there's also no question that I think more so than certainly any president in my lifetime, you know, he he never got a fair shake from from the media. I mean, he was he was I think viewed by the mainstream media as being illegitimate in the first place. He could not have won that. This just could not have happened. And you know, from the beginning, he, there was no honeymoon period at all. And now you have major publications like the New York Times. As I always say, I read the New York Times every day, so you don't have to. I mean, there. They understand their circulation online has increased dramatically. And it's because the people that are reading it don't like President Trump. They write the stories in that sort of fashion. If there's any angle to take on the story, they find the angle that is anti-Trump. And, you know, he responds to that. All right. So after what happened over the weekend, you have a number of people who immediately they know why it was that you had the psycho the 21-year-old psycho who drove to El Paso and started shooting at the Walmart. And they know why you had the 24-year-old psycho who showed up in Dayton and started shooting outside that bar. Who Who is responsible for it? Well, okay, if you listen to some people who are running for president, the person responsible for the shooting is... President Trump. Here's what Senator Cory Booker, he's the New Jersey Democrat running. He says, I want to say with moral clarity that Donald Trump is responsible for this. He is responsible because he is stoking fears and hatred and bigotry. Uh, presidential contender Mayor Pete says that the shooter yesterday, this would be talking about El Paso, had his goal as killing as many Mexicans as possible. You don't have to use a lot of imagination to con- connect the dots here. It's very clear that this kind is being legitimized from on high, and if that were not true, the president would be acting and speaking very, very differently than what he's doing now. Beto O'Rourke, who is the former congressman who, you know, represented the El Paso area, says, uh, yes, he believes that Trump is a white nationalist. Yes, I do um former san antonio mayor julian castro running for president said that the need to address the toxic white supremacy that is brewing in this country and that people need to call out the president's divisive rhetoric all right 414-799-1620 that is the acunate mortgage talk and text line is president trump and his rhetoric and his tweets and the various rallies that he has, and some of the things that he says at the rallies, or some of the things that his supporter says, is that, is that the reason why we've had these mass shootings over the course of the last weekend? Is President Trump responsible? 414-799-1620. That is the acunate mortgage talk and text line. I'll tell you where I come down on this, and we will discuss in just a moment. We're broadcasting live again from the Wisconsin State Fair. This is Jeff Wagner. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 414-799-1620. We're broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair. All right. Two horrible mass shootings over the weekend. The motive of the Dayton shooting, still very, very unclear. The motive for the Walmart shooting in El El Paso, in that case, the the shooter, who is in custody, by the way, um, he he's very, very clear. He had some, he's a crazy white supremacist. He posted apparently a manifesto on one of these obscure sort of websites. If you look back into his background, the guy, um, again, one of these disaffected losers through most of his life, and now he is acting out. All right, is it fair to blame the president for this? 414-799-1620. Let's start with Tim in Fredonia. Tim, you're first. Good afternoon.
3: Hey, Jeff. Good afternoon. Hi, Tim. You know, going yeah. back, Jeff, and you can attest to this, um, when Obama was president, 08 through 16, 09 through 16, you know, he had anti-police rhetoric, Jeff, at that time. Right. And
5: we yes. were
3: not allowed, it was condemned, or racist, Jeff, to call him out for that. We couldn't say that, oh, it's all his fault. And the number of cop killings, Jeff, have gone up increasingly during that time during those years, and the war on police has started. You know that. You're aware of that. So... When are we ever just going to quit blaming the politician and start blaming the perpetrator or the suspect in society? I mean, it's so easy just say everything is from fault. I mean, the guy would walk could walk on water, Jeff, and they say he couldn't swim. Now Maxine Waters, remember that last year when Jeff she came out said confront everybody at a movie theater, gas station, you go and confront them, Jeff. I didn't hear anybody in the MSM say, well, you know what, she shouldn't say that at all. I mean, you can't be. Condem- we can't be condoning, you know, confronting lawmakers like uh, Sarah Sanders at the restaurant. Okay. And she got booted out, or somebody got an egg on their up. So, you know
1: what I'm saying? So, well, well, let me ask you crazy. this: Uh-huh. It, it does it does go both ways, I guess. My question to you would be: Do you think, by you know, some of the inflammatory rhetoric that you get from him, that 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 might embolden some of these kooks that are out there? And, and clearly, you know, both these people, the you know, both these people were. Dangerously mentally ill people—they were nuts. But do you think by some of this rhetoric, it might sort of provide them with some justification for acting out?
3: Well, well, yes and no. Wasn't the shooter in Dayton, Ohio, a Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, huge supporter of Antifa, and all of them? Did Trump create that? Or what about the? Uh, there was another one too, Jeff. The I mean, I just no—I don't think so because at the end of the day, Jeff, it's about mental illness, and these dudes. Right. If Trump was president or not, they're going to find a way to kill because they're quaint. So at the end of the day, All I don't right. think right. any rhetoric.
1: All no, right. okay, I, I got it, Tim. No, thanks, to call. No, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Right, and that's that's kind of the the argument that you know the, these these nuts that are hearing voices in their their head that are you know looking for justifications. Well, okay, maybe they they hear a Trump speech and and that that provides them you know some justification, but it, it could be it, okay if they're Let's take the flip side. You're listening to Rachel Maddow on MSNBC, you know, and she says something inflammatory. You know, is it her fault if one of these kooks then goes out and and acts out? Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Mark on the North Side. Mark here on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey,
2: thank you for taking my call. Uh, you have an excellent yes, program. sir. Uh, my, Thank you. Here's my here's my take on this: is that I, I do believe that uh, I'm 50 years old age, I've lived through my life, but I believe that Trump is a, a great responsibility for the uh, actions that are occurring right now. Um, you can tell by the rallies; I've watched all the footage of, of the different rallies that he's had. All it is is cold work. Yeah, people talk in code, and cold work activate certain things in certain individuals. And Trump does that. He'll pause, he'll make a statement and say, well, I can't really say that, but, you know, you can take it from there. I mean, it's very simple what Trump is doing. I mean, if you've been in the political world like you have, like I have, and I understand, and, and, and you're working around someone that, that that has these political views or racist like that, and let me hit you with this other point. How come you don't see a black male running around shooting uh, multiple white people? What I want to understand, so what if there would have been a black man shooting – 29 white people to retaliate. Now, is that racist? So can you expound on that? Is that racist at that point? Is that
1: rhetoric? Well, let me, I guess, let me, let me, let me ask you this about the, the the notion that, you know, a politician says something now, because look, there's, there's millions of people that voted for Donald Trump. There's hundreds of thousands of people that go to these various rallies and, you know, there. It's not like every one of them's you know grabbing a gun and going and shooting up a Walmart. You you obviously have in the case of the guy from El Paso, he was a he was a white supremacist, uh, a very troubled white supremacist. But you know, just because you've got some kook out there who maybe you know under your theory, maybe you're right. You know, he hears the president and he's on these crazy white right wing you know white supremacist websites, and it motivates him to go out and do something. Isn't the real problem that he, that he's a kook? Because there's all sorts of stuff. It yeah, maybe it's Trump. Maybe it's some of these other crazy manifestos that he reads in this weird these weird it's sites.
2: It's not it's not a men- mentally what he did. That was something that was already there. So it wasn't a mental disease. Both these shootings, they were activated by the words of the president of the United States. I've never heard president uh um uh, 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 gathering speaking in this manner and this format yeah. to activate. This type of situation. Well, that's my opinion and take on it, but no,
1: I, no and I, and Mark, and I appreciate I appreciate your perspective, and I, I guess I, I I don't know your your premise is that the 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 shooter's motive was, and and I don't I don't. I I have not seen what they're saying about the motive of the guy in Dayton, I, in the right. El Paso, the Walmart shooting. Clearly, he was a white supremacist. You know, you've got the manifesto that, that's up there, and he's apparently told the police that he was there to shoot Mexicans. I mean, yeah. so you, you under you understand where he was operating. Thanks right. for the call, Mark. You know, you understand where where he was was operating. So, but I, I guess I, I'm having trouble with the concept of well, he he was activated you know, and actuated to go out and shoot because of the president. Well we you know, I, I don't know. That that to me seems like it's it's a pretty big step. Now again, you have unless we're going to say like somebody else did, all right, you have, you know, police shootings, were they motivated by some of the rhetoric that President Obama came out with that was perceived as being anti police officer? Now I I want to say this at the outset too of this conversation. And I've said this before. I wish the President would dial it down. And I've been saying this since he became president and before he was president. I think the divisive rhetoric, and the rhetoric is divisive, I think in many respects it is over the top. Do I think Donald Trump's remarks are what caused some crazy guy to drive to El Paso and start shooting up a Walmart? No, I, I don't. At the same time, though, I think that when you know, you're saying some of the things that he's saying in the fashion he's doing it, you... You perhaps lose the moral authority to condemn it as much as you should. And I guess whether it's an elected official, and I would apply this to a lot of the language that you're having come out from the people who are running against President Trump or President Trump, I I do wish everybody would dial it down because... You do wonder if there's these crazies out there. Let's take the example of where Congressman Scalise, remember, got, got shot by the, the crazy left-wing Democrat who drove to um, Washington, D.C. And, and shot him on the softball field, he drove from Illinois to Washington. Okay, you know, w- was he motivated by what he saw on MSNBC? Is it fair to blame MSNBC? I don't think that's fair either. The guy was a kook. But, again, it's the rhetoric that I think ratchets this all up. And do I wish President Trump would would dial it down? I sure do. 414-799-1620. Back with more in just a minute. It's 126. This is Jeff Wagner.
0: You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
1: We're broadcasting live from the State Fair. Good afternoon, Jeff. This is not necessarily Trump's fault. This is the text. But obviously the presidential rhetoric feeds into the white supremacists agenda. Now, that's an interesting theory because as somebody who for like 25 years has done spoken word radio and it's always sometimes people hear what they want to hear. And you can, I think, which is one of the reasons why I think President Trump, I don't I don't mind the you know, hitting his opposition hard and stuff. But words do matter. And even if it is not his intention all right, let's give him benefit of every doubt. There there is no question that some of the things he says it it feeds into some of the agendas of some of these hate groups that are out there. So even if it's not his intent, they they take it and they run with it, which isn't to say that he's responsible for this, but you know, who 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 wants to be aligned with the white supremacists? Kyle in Greenfield. Kyle you're on WTMJ.
2: Hi. Thanks for having
5: me on. Hi Kyle. Uh, sure. Hi.
2: My one thing is uh, with this is just like what you mentioned right before the break uh, with the with Steve shot, we didn't blame Bernie Sanders for that. Um was a Bernie right. bro. And we, what we have to get back on is people being accountable. I'm 23 years old, just out of college. And I've grown up in an era where everybody gets the benefit of the doubt and you don't get held responsible. And we have to get back to those traditional family values and, mm-hmm uh, mm-hmm. that these people need to be held accountable for their actions. And it's not president Trump that, uh, did this trial. It's right. not the gun that did it. And yeah, I get the rhetoric, but I think a lot of that is, uh, perpetuated by the media, uh, more than mm-hmm. the president's individual words mm-hmm. itself. Uh, so that's just kind hey, Cal, of thanks that I got, I'm sorry,
1: I gotta, got, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. I gotta, I gotta let you go. Cause I'm kind of up against the clock. We've got to take a status update. I, I, you know, the other thing I would add to what you said is uh, we, you also have to focus on, I mean, look, the underlying issue is we've got crazy people out there, and we need to do a better job of identifying the sickos in there and trying to do something to get them off the streets before they do this. A lot of blame to go around, but you're right. Let's not lose sight of the fact that ultimately it's the crazy guy that drives to El Paso that, that does this. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. We are broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair. How would you like to have dinner with a member of the Green Bay Packers? What about going on a cruise with players and coaches of the green and gold? Round trip tickets? Check. A balcony cabin on the chi- on the ship? Check. Come see WTMJ right outside our facility here at the Wisconsin State Fair to register for a chance to win the trip of a lifetime. You can also visit WTMJ.com for the official contest rules. All right. Now, see... I, you know we, we've been talking over the course of the last 90 minutes off and on about you know the causes for you know what happened with the the psychopaths that ended up engaging in the shootings the one in El Paso and the one in Dayton and, and and lots of people are trying to explain what quite frankly is the unexplainable at least in in my opinion and because we're all frustrated by this type of stuff and the abnormal behavior and things like that and do I think it's fair as I said in that last segment to blame President Trump no I, I don't do I wish he would dial back the rhetoric I, of course, I, I do, but I you know the the bottom line is the shooter in El Paso, the shooter in um, in Dayton, they they were crazy. This that they're they're kooks, they're disaffected people um, who had not acted out before apparently, but it's shown in some cases lots of symptoms and lots of indicators that you know that they could be you know a, a mass murderer, but they hadn't done anything, and so we we don't allow intervention at this point in time, and we don't lock people up for what they might do and things like that. And so it's part of living in a free society. All right, but people are trying to, you know, explain what is it that might have motivated, you know, somebody to do this. Is it President Trump's rhetoric? Is it this? Is it that? Is it the other? Whatever. And one of the things that people, you know, are talking about now are, are violent video games. Now, for the longest time, I have made the same argument about video games that I made with one of our callers in the last segment, who said, well, you know, the, these, the, these people, they hear the rhetoric of, of President Trump, and they go out and they get a gun, and they act out on that. And I said, well, okay, you got to understand that that's fine, but there's millions and millions of people who hear President Trump's rhetoric, and they don't grab a gun and go shoot up a Walmart, right? They, they just don't. So, I mean, the argument becomes, I guess, that, you know, you have some psychopath." who, you know, hears this stuff, and he acts in a fashion that, you know, normal, adjusted, sane people would, would, you know, would not act in that fashion, but the guy does. So then you come to the issue of of video games, and I understand that the vast majority of people who play video games, the 99.99999% recognize that these are games. And just because you're involved in some, you know, shoot 'em up type of thing, you, you recognize that there is this reality. And if you go out and you do that on the streets, it, it's not like you can just, you know, push reset and start the game over and over again. But I thought it was interesting because about a week or so ago, you had that the, there's the, the video game called Fortnite and my nephew, my 12 year old nephew. Plays it. I don't know that he plays it as much as he used to, but this is the idea. And if, if you're not familiar with Fortnite, I mean, here's the deal. It starts out, you go on the Internet, and you have like 100 people, and everybody drops off the battle boat, and then you've got armaments, you know, you've got, you know, assault weapons, etc., etc., and the idea is to be the last person standing to kill as many people as you possibly can. Now, they had a Fortnite tournament a couple weeks ago, and what was it the 16-year-old kid wins 3 million dollars for being the person who's, you know, able to kill the most people or or be the final survivor. So, we're now taking this this video game that teaches all right, kill as many people as you can and we're saying we're going to reward you by giving you, you know, 3 million dollars. This is now what the contest is. And I don't mean to single out Fortnite because there's a lot of those games that are like that. So if we are talking about the context of mentally ill people, you know, the people that are hearing those voices the people that are the white supremacists that, you know, hear the president and say, okay, he's speaking to me and this is what he really wants me to do. If we accept that, all right, maybe some of these crazy people are out there, I mean, do video games possibly play some sort of role in this? Should we be concerned about the large number of violent video games that are out there and the fact that we are now essentially glorifying these games and saying, hey, if you're a great gamer, you know, if you're able to survive Fortnite, you're going to get three million bucks. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Should we, and I throw this out there as an open-ended question, moms and dads, grandmoms, granddads, you know, should we rethink all right, the, the video game culture that is out there with, you know, not the sports games, but all the different shoot 'em up types of things. And instead of I don't know, saying, hey, this is great. You're the best Fortnite player in the world. Here's $3 bucks." Should we be saying, I don't know, is this is this really healthy? 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in just a moment. All right, are, are video games too violent, and do they have among the people who are disturbed, among that small segment of people who are disturbed? Because like I say, Almost everybody plays video games. You recognize it's a video game. You shut the thing down. You go on with your life. But among those people who might be disturbed, do the video games perhaps play into their detachment from reality? 414-799-1620, we discuss in just a moment. We're broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. We're broadcasting live from the State Fair. Here's a couple text texts just before we go to the phones. Jeff, although not directly responsible, I think video games do enhance, enable, encourage at least some personalities with social defects to out- act out in the real world in reckless, dangerous, destructive, antisocial behavior that is safe and without consequence in the virtual world, be it with firearms or even just reckless driving. All right. There's that thought. Then we have um okay we have another guy who says you know here here's the truth i've been playing grand theft auto i'm 40 some years old i've been playing grand theft auto for years and years and years and i've never been motivated to go out and steal cars and shoot people and things like that and and i guess i to me, that's what makes this an interesting thing. Do, do I do I blame video games? Well, well, no, of, of course not. I, I think the, the vast majority of people are able to tell the difference between fantasy and reality. But at the same time, if you're going to – the vast majority of people, 99.999% can attend a Donald Trump rally and and not have those voices in the head say, hey, the, the president has encouraged me to go out and, and shoot and kill people. I mean, that's – the, the problem, though, is what do you do when you have that that small percentage of people that are mentally disturbed? Um, you know, could these things be triggers? Now, does that mean you outlaw video games? No, it, it, it doesn't. But is it something that you need to look at? 414-799-1620. Let's start with Mike in Cedarburg. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hello.
6: Hi, Jeff. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm well um, thank you. I, okay, what do you think? Good,
6: good, good. Well, you know, I agree with the premise around the video games. I, I don't think I think it's too far of a leap to go from video game to someone who who is uh, you know, goes and shoots a lot of people. But my concern is that the video games research does indicate that the video games does create a lot of trauma for kids, especially young kids. And then also what I've seen too as a as a former educator is that um, Some of the kids who uh, may be cognitively uh, delayed, or some of the kids who may have, you know, um, who are labeled EBD, some of those students too. They, the 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 line between reality and the video game sometimes gets blurred. So I think I think the what we see with video games is that they do create trauma, and the trauma may require some counseling and therapy later on, but. Mm Um, I think it's one of the pieces of this complex puzzle though and something I you know I,
1: I agree Mike I, I think it's a piece yeah, yeah not th- hey, so call, Mike it 's thoughtful I mean I I, right, I do all do, do, you know, right I, does somebody play Grand Theft Auto or Fortnite and all of a sudden that motivates them to go you know conduct a, a mass shooting at a Walmart no I, I think that's too simplistic and it's just not right but you know it is it, it, you see the, the, I put this all under the umbrella of, of mental health. Whether it's, it, it's the video game, that you, you have the incredibly disturbed antisocial person. And whether it's something they hear from Rachel Maddow or from Cory Booker or from Bernie Sanders or from Donald Trump or from this voice they hear on the radio or the voice that's in their head or whatever – And that, you know, they use that as a justification to then go out and engage in this incredibly antisocial behavior. To me, it's all under the umbrella of of mental health, and I wish I had an answer as to how – we do a better job of identifying that. I mean, you go back and you look at the background, particularly the El Paso guy, who, again, yeah. is still alive. And, and, you know, you you look at the, whether it's the manifesto he posts online or, you know, his interaction with other people. And, and, yeah, you look at this and say, in retrospect, this was completely predictable that he would do something. Maybe not something this bad, but, you know, it's predictable he would do something. Now, the problem in this country is what what do we do about that because, you know, over the last several decades, we have made it almost impossible to force people who are mentally ill. And I don't know if there was enough basis to find that this shooter was mentally ill, but even people who are clearly mentally ill, we've made it almost impossible to get them out of tents, for example, under the, the, where they're living in under the freeway, unless you can prove that they're a danger to themselves or a danger to others. But the reality is most times you're not able to prove that until they actually act out. 414-799-1620. seven nine nine one six twenty. Let's talk to Jeff in Fox Point. Jeff, you're on WTMJ.
7: Hey, Jeff. I don't think there should be any rules, new rules or restrictions, but I do think that many parents need to take the, the rating systems that, that, on games that are already there a lot more seriously. When I was um, on, oh, so I, they know, like, so
1: they know, so they know what their kids are getting involved in, huh?
7: Yeah, like when I used to play Grand Theft Auto online, I I heard and saw kids who sounded like they were in middle school or possibly grade school, just acting nuts and, and doing completely horrible things with, like, vehicles, guns, and, and explosives, uh, you know, during the gameplay. And then when I would hear them talk to each other, they were, they were it was pretty bad, too. Like, left-wearing <laughs> yeah. racial, racial stuff and other, other stuff I, I don't want to get into on the radio.
1: Right. Well, Well. right. Well, my understanding is the same thing goes on in Fortnite. I mean, you're with you know, you're in this this group of 100 people and maybe it might be some of your friends, but it might also be some 35 year old girl guy pretending to be a 17 year old girl, you know, in in, you know, Columbus, Ohio. You just you just don't know who's really a part of this.
7: Yeah, I'm sure uh, that goes on. So, too, and, and so parents need to also just like make sure they're not mon-
4: they're monitoring it, I think.
1: No, I think that's fair. Hey, thanks for the call, Jeff. I appreciate it. Look, the, the bottom line, and this is this is why I started off the program saying I just it's days like this that I find to be very, very frustrating because none of us know exactly what the answer is. I see this as, as a mental health issue, but that's not to say that I don't believe that there's things that we could do to perhaps minimize the occurrence of these things, some reasonable gun control stuff. And I underscore reasonable. I'm still getting all sorts of, I don't want to say that they're hate texts, but people are saying, well, how dare you say that you don't think that somebody should be able to have a magazine that has 100 rounds in it. I'm sorry, I don't think you should have a magazine that has 100 rounds in it. I I just, that's stuff for the military. It's not stuff for people's basements. So I I stand by that. Do I think President Trump's rhetoric is responsible for this? No, I, I don't. I think that's incredibly unfair to say things like that and, again, minimizes the problem because what happens the next time there's a shooting and it turns out to be, I don't know, somebody other than a white supremacist? I mean, are we going to blame – again, are we going to blame the people on MSNBC or or whatever? I just – I think you got to be really careful with that, which isn't to say that I don't have this incredible frustration with this entire situation, and I wish we could do a better job of doing it. A number of people are saying, Dance- Jeff, you're dancing around the elephant in the room. If nobody had firearms, it would be very, very difficult to do this. Well, the genie is out of that box. I mean, I live in the real world, and the real world is we're, we're not going to have the government confiscate people's firearms, period. So... um we're we're, we why even bother talking about that since that's something that's not going to happen all right let's take a quick break back with more in just a minute we're broadcasting live from the wisconsin state fair this is jeff wagner broadcasting live from the annex wealth
0: management mobile studio at the wisconsin state fair this is the jeff wagner
1: show and now wtmj's jeff wagner Good afternoon, Wisconsin. So very glad to have you with us. We are broadcasting live from the State Fair. All sorts of stuff going on. Um, hey, one of the big days, Melissa. You know, one of the really big days? Okay, Wednesday. Because you know who the... All right, you know who Rick Springfield is?
0: I do. All right. Yes,
1: yeah, see, see
0: <laughs> All the ladies my age know who well, Rick well, see, Springfield
1: is. That, <laughs> I was trying to think about this. Because you know, Rick Springfield, he's the he's the headliner, you know, at the state fair on on Wednesday, and mm-hmm. and it it's interesting. I had um, I I had I have had friends over the years who be, because I, you know, they 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 think erroneously a lot of times that because I do what I do, I can get tickets to stuff, and they never ask me for anything except. Rick Springfield. <laughs> Rick Springfield's going to be at the Waukesha County Fair. Do you have any inns? Can you get some? Well, yeah. I really don't. Well, can you make a call? You know, and it, it's it's just Rick Springfield. Whenever Rick Springfield is in town, I have, and it is. It's, He's it's so women popular. of a certain age. It is right. Jesse's girl mm-hmm. and Noah Drake on on General Hospital Absolutely. and stuff. It, it is just, it is just amazing. You know, we can have all sorts of entertainers in town. Nobody will call me up to ask me if I've got inns get tickets. Rick Springfield. <laughs> it's the thing. I have a girlfriend that I've known forever, and
0: she will not miss a Rick Springfield show. She well, loves him
2: so much.
1: Well, okay, it's it's going to be tough because Rick Springfield he's going to be performing. He's at the main stage act, and then right down right down the road from where we are, um, eight p.m. at the Associated Bank Amphitheater, which is the open air thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is always big tomorrow night and Wednesday night. Herman's Hermits, Peter, you know. Yeah. You Okay, you're looking at me well, just blankly. I'm tr- I'm, well, I'm it's thinking It's way before back. your time. It, it's the what 60s. Song? Okay, yeah. Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely daughter. Oh, There's yuck. a kind of hush all over the world tonight. You know? But the Herman's Hermits, it's, and, and Peter Noon, who's the lead singer, he's here every year. And I will tell you, I was one year, I was thinking, okay, I'll, I'll stick around to, to see the show. I, I'm telling you, the place was <laughs> packed. It was standing room only like yeah. an hour before the show. And I'm like, well, okay. I, you know, but... But um, yeah, so that's big, big doings. Rick Springfield that is and Peter Noon. They're from bringing Hermes. in the people. They are bringing in <laughs> the people. Absolutely. All right. I want to switch gears. This is a I've been wanting to talk about this with you for for a couple of days now. It's it's a horrible story, but it raises all sorts of questions. Can you ever forget about your kids? Now, now here's here is the story, and it's this is creating a lot of controversy in New York. It was a week ago Friday, so we're talking like 10 days ago. It was an extremely hot day in New York. A 39-year-old social worker, I mean, that, that's his job, social worker, you know, um, drives to his workplace, which is outside of a, it's at a hospital, and he, his name is Juan Rodriguez. He has two one-year-old twins that he leaves in the car as he goes into work, comes out, and it's it's an incredibly hot day, hot and humid, comes out after his eight-hour shift, the kids, the two twins in the car, they're, they're both dead. And I know that that's a horrible story, that they've died because, you know, they've suffocated inside this hot car. He gets arrested, and, I mean, the story plays out, okay, this guy's this monster that left his two children in in the car. Okay, so here's, here's the other side of the story, if it's another side. And right now, the district attorney is still considering whether or not to issue charges against him. And you might say, what do you mean, Jeff? He left his kids. They died in this hot car. What do you mean they're, they're thinking about issuing charges? I mean, that, that's crazy. Why aren't they issuing charges right away? So, I mean, here's what the guy says. He says, look, all right, Friday morning, I, I left. I left my house. I have I have three children. I have a four-year-old, and I had th- these, these two one-year-old twins. He said, I had them all in the car. I dropped my four-year-old son off at his daycare center. But the one-year-olds go to a different daycare center than the four-year-old does. So I dropped the four-year-old off. He said, I got back in the car, and I was going to drive. I intended to drive the twins the one-year-old, I intended him to drive him to their daycare. And he says, somewhere along the way, he said, I I, I don't know how to explain I forgot the babies were with me. I just, I zoned out. I forgot that they were in the car with me. They were apparently like in the back seat. And I said, I forgot. And instead of going to the daycare, I drove straight to the hospital where I work. I parked in the sunny parking lot. I got out at 8 o'clock. I just, I completely blanked out that I had not taken these kids to daycare. I got out, went to work, come back to my car at 4 o'clock, and the kids are, are dead. He said, I, I just, I, I noticed it. I start screaming. It's, it's horrible. You know, all the guys, the friends and stuff describe him as being a, a doting parent. You know, he's got five children or had five children total. Um, they say, OK, this is this this is a good guy, you know, and his his explanation is, Look, I have nothing to hide. I don't know how to explain this, but I I just zoned out. I zoned out. I forgot that the kids were in the car. I, I just did. I dropped the four year old off and then I just headed off to work. And I've had this horrible thing that's happened. 414-799-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text line. Now I, I've been I've been reading a number of stories about this because, like I say, there's this huge controversy that's generated. One is the guy is negligent, he's neglectful, he is a monster. The other is, well, you know, maybe you you can see how this could happen. Um, you know, it. it uh, New York times writes about how it might seem counterintuitive that an otherwise attentive parent could forget their young children in a hot car. But they say national statistics show that hundreds of children have died after being forgotten in cars over the past decade. Now we're not talking about, all right, you make that intentional thing. I know the kids are in the car. I'm running into the dollar general for 30 minutes and leaving them. I'm talking about situations where mom or dad just flat out forgets the kids in, in the car. Um, now, I don't know about you it doesn't happen very often but every once in a while when I am driving I will have this experience of going gosh how did I how did I get there I mean I I, okay gee I'm already on the exit where I'm supposed to get off and last thing I remember it was kind of like Brown Deer Road and I and now it's now you know now it's Highway 60 or whatever you know, and I think maybe that happens to everybody where you're driving and all of a sudden you just kind of next thing you know, you're three or four miles down down the road. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet mortgage talk and text line. The guy's story is I, I just I zoned out. I, bla- I just I forgot the kids were in the car. I just flat out forgot the kids were in the car. This was not intentional. I'm very sorry. I am very remorseful. This was a horrible, horrible accident. What do you do with him? 414-799-1620. Does it matter? Could you see how something like this could happen to you? We discuss in just a moment. Grew is lining up the calls. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We will discuss in just a moment. Now, obviously, like I say, sometimes these are easy. Yeah, I, you know, I, I decided I was going to leave the kid in there. I was only going to be for a few minutes, and so, you know, I didn't realize the 30 minutes kind of got away from me. Okay, that's that's not what this guy's saying. He said, I just completely forgot. I blanked it out. I I thought I had gone to the daycare center. I just I just completely forgot. 414-799-1620, and obviously this is an extreme case, but I wonder, has something like that ever happened to you? We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff
0: Wagner on WTMJ. All
5: right, let me
1: share a couple texts before you go to the call. Jeff, zoning out is leaving groceries in a hot car and the meat spoils. This is a lot worse. Not sure if it deserves prosecution because his life is already ruined. Um, well, well, yeah, I mean, it, 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 this is worse. But at the same time, all right, Jeff, once a week, my dogs, which are like my kids, go to daycare. Twice, I've driven all the way home after work forgetting to pick them up. I understand how something like this could happen. It's awful. It's unbelievable. But I do think that it can happen. Um, let's see. BS, you can't have a human in a car and forget. Hello, I raised four kids. I never, ever came close to this. It's an easy check. One kid, two kids, three kids. Um, yeah, all right. Well, Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That I mean, the, the guy's defense is, and everybody says he's a great father. He so says, okay, I dropped, the one, uh, dropped my four-year-old off at daycare, and then... I just forgot I had the babies in the back of the car. I, I I'm saying I'm using the phrase zoned out. But I just I, I drove to work, parked the car, went into work. It never occurred to me that I hadn't dropped the kids off at daycare. 414-799-1620. seven nine nine one six twenty. Let's start with Cheryl in Milwaukee. Cheryl, you're first. Hello.
4: Hi Jeff. How are you?
1: I am well, thank you. Okay. Do, do you do you believe what the guy is saying? Could something like this really have happened?
4: He, um, yes. I mean, I I think that I believe him, because as you were stating earlier, I've done the same thing, where you're just driving, and all of a sudden you kind of zone out, and you're at your exit, and you didn't even see anything that you passed for miles, right? Um, right. Probably because we're listening to the radio, we're talking on the radio, <laughs> or we're <laughs> looking at social right. media, or you're, you're whatever, just, right?
1: Or you're just thinking, um, yeah, or you're just thinking yeah. about what you got to do that night, or whatever, sure.
4: Yeah, yeah, right. So, So I get that, but... The other thing is is that I'm thinking and again it is it is what it is at this point but you know you'd also think that his wife they would have had some conversation that morning like hey you dropped the kids off how did everything go you know did it, did everybody get there on time mm-hmm. did you still get, you know and maybe that would have triggered him to go back outside right right, um,
1: right. but okay well not... let me ask you let me ask you the tough question let us assume that, that that's a legitimate story he just forgot does it change anything? Does, I mean, if he intentionally had left the kids in the car while he ran into a Walmart and something like this happened, everybody would say, charge him. In this case, he says, I didn't mean to do it, but the kids are, I mean, unfortunately, the kids passed away. I mean, is this an excuse or should he be charged?
4: I think that there should be some charge.
1: Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, Got it. Okay. Yeah, Thanks I for calling. No, I appreciate okay. it. No, no, no. I, I, right. I know. I, I understand. See, that's the that's the thing. Even if, and, and, see, that's what I wrestle with, because I accept the premise that that, that, that something like this, I could see maybe how this happens, but, again, you, then you got to take the next step is, does it change anything? I mean, isn't isn't it still neglect? Four one four 799 Let's talk to Sandy in Milwaukee. Sandy, you're on WTMJ.
2: Oh,
8: thank you for taking the call. What I said to yes, your ma'am. screener was I was very surprised that the daycare did not contact one of the parents because the babies did not arrive in time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You would think that somewhere yeah. if if you're expecting two one-year-olds and they don't show up, you would think that somebody would call somebody and say, hey, what happened? <laughs> you, know, are, you know, are you home or what exactly? And I don't think that happened especially, at all. Especially
2: yeah.
8: where the parents did not call in and say that they weren't coming. I would think right. that the daycare would double check too. And this could also be—I'm not giving to the dad at all. But you know, this could be one of those situations where he doesn't usually take the babies to daycare. So yeah. you know, he—you know, it—it's—it's tremendous.
1: Okay, bad. so it is. Okay, so you're the district attorney. Do you bring child neglect charges against the dad? Okay, good enough. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And, that, and see, that's what they're wrestling. And I guess, see, that's what I said. I, it's a To me, it's a two-step thing. One, could I believe this? Yes. But secondly, was he neglectful? And are the kids, you know, unfor- this unfortunate result? And is he going to have to live with that all his life? Yeah, but, but at the same time, isn't this negligent? Uh, Linda in Milwaukee. Linda, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
8: Hi. Thanks for taking
1: my call. Hi, Linda. Sure, what do you think?
8: Um, I was just telling your screener, I am so sympathetic to these parents. All you had to do is look at that guy's face. Yeah. I his heart is broken, his life is ruined. Um it's awful what happened. Absolutely awful and of course you feel for those babies. But I can see how that could happen. I just I, I mean today I was I'm not young anymore, but when I was a young mom and I was so stressed and you're running all over and now people have so much more on their plate. I, I don't know. I think mm-hmm. it's cool that his wife is sticking by him. I, I, I mean, yeah, if, she is. If, as far as prosec- I was telling your screener. I, I think I'm the only person in the world that was sympathetic to um, Andrea Yeager when she drowned her five kids <laughs> because <Okay>. everybody <laughs> knew how ill she was. She was so ill and nobody helped her. Nobody reached out, you know, to, to make sure that didn't happen. So I don't know. You know, as far so as you're, prosec- you're saying
1: no charges. So if you're the D.A., you well, you you let the guy walk
8: the only reason i would charge is because it shows how serious it is to everybody else to think twice but i don't think the guy's going to care i mean there's nothing you can do to him that's going to be any worse than what's already happened so it might make him feel better to get charged i don't know i i I don't think charges are going to change anything other than maybe make other people think you know be more careful or something like that but as far as punishing him i don't don't think he needs to be punished i really don't i think he's Mm. Hurting. I mean, there's right.
1: nothing you can do to them. Well, and, you know, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And, and clearly, I mean, th- this is why, see, th- this is what strikes me as being so incredible. It makes it an interesting sort of of case. Let me take a very quick break. We're broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff
0: Wagner on WTMJ. <laughs>
1: We're broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair. Give yourselves a hand, everybody! There we go. All right. Now, see Melissa. See that 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 lovely young lady in the blue over there. She was telling me she was here since eight o'clock in the morning. You know, and she her favorite thing is the horticultural thing. I um I like the beer stands. I think that's that's kind of it. Uh, I I have not stuck around for any length of time after the fair. I've got to do that sometime this week and for people who are interested like i say i am trying to i'm on a very strict low carb diet okay so coming to the wisconsin state fair is not necessarily the best place to go if you're on a strict low carb diet but you know i i have been able to make it work i got the omelet from the wisconsin products pavilion that's no carbs uh the other day i got the i got a gyro and i ate it open faced and so had very little bread so uh, there there's all sorts of stuff it can be done now you got to work at it a little bit, but it can be done. All right, I want to just kind of lighten up. We've been talking about lots and lots of serious stuff, and there's perhaps a couple lighter things. Um, I, again, in the category of serious stuff, we continue to watch the stock market, and it's it's just it's flat out not a pretty sight. There's just no question about it, and this all has to do with um, China and the, the trade war that has been developing over the course of the last you know several months. And uh, apparently the decision over the weekend when President Trump announced that he was going to be implementing uh, tariffs on all Chinese goods, Chinese, China essentially allowed its currency to be devalued, and you wonder where that goes long term but it it sent the stock market plummeting, the Dow Jones Industrial down 764 points, the NASDAQ down 275 points. That's almost 3.5%. Whenever I talk about this, I understand I I get some input from people, particularly people who who sell stocks, saying, oh, don't don't worry, you don't want to scare people. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to scare anybody, but at the same time, there's no can look at a one day plunge of 774 points and be turning cartwheels. Now you might say, okay, they're you know once things settle down they'll get it back, and, and that's what you hope to be the case. And I'm certainly not encouraging everybody to you know sell stocks and you know buy gold and put it under your bed. But you know this isn't good. And what frustrates me about it is I think a lot of this, it just. Flat out unnecessary, because I don't understand why we would pick this particular fight with China at this point in time. NASDAQ is down, like I say, 270-some-odd points. That's the sixth day in a row that the NASDAQ has been down. First time that's happened in several years. So um, I, I think the one thing, the biggest thing that President Trump has going for him as he as he moves for re-election is the fact that the stock market's been booming and the economy is going strong. Well, Okay, then <laughs> that, that's fine, and that's a great premise, but, you know, if you're going to continue to have weeks and weeks like we've had the last week, maybe that uh, premise gets questioned. All right. I Interesting story about Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut is a prolific U.S. business. Can I see a show of hands? People have been to Pizza Hut. Okay, everybody's been to Pizza Hut. Um, Pizza Hut is in the interest, they're in the process of sort of remaking themselves, because if you think about Pizza Hut, what you typically think of is a, a dine-in restaurant. I mean, you know, maybe you go and maybe you pick up stuff for carry-out. I mean, I think people do that. But typically, you know, you go to Pizza Hut, you sit down, and they, they bring you the, the pizzas. That That's it. You eat in the restaurant. Well, it's interesting because Pizza Hut just announced today that they are going to be closing hundreds of restaurants across the United States, many of which are in the Midwest actually. And what they're saying is that they're finding that um, dine in, dine in is not the way to go anymore and that more and more of their customers simply want to um, simply want instead of, of going out and sitting there and eating in the restaurant, what they want to do is they either want delivery, Or they want to go in and just pick it up. So they're thinking about moving more and more away from the dine-in restaurant into kind of the the storefront sort of thing where you go in, you pick up the pizza, and you leave. And they say they think that this is going to be a trend in the industry. Now, don't get me wrong. Pizza Hut isn't closing all the dine-in restaurants. I mean, they've got, like right now, I think 7,500 across the country. So it's a big thing. But they are in the process of saying, look, we're we're interested in retooling, and we think – more and more people are interested in just coming and getting the stuff and then going home or in having us deliver the stuff, and the trend is away from eat-in restaurants. Our number is 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think this is an interesting premise, and I'm using the Pizza Hut story as kind of a launching point for this, but I, I I want you to think about your own habits when you decide that you're going to... that you're not going to be making the food yourself. Um, are, Are we moving more towards the let's go out, let's pick something up or have it delivered, but let's go out, let's order it, let's have something picked up, and then let's bring it back to the house and eat it. Is that the trend of the future? Do you find yourself doing that more than the, okay, let's go out and let's sit down and let's eat in the restaurant? Pizza Hut thinks that's the wave of the future. Are they on to something, particularly in an area of, again, what I would describe as casual dining? You're talking about pizzas. 414-799-1620. That's the acunate mortgage talk and text line. All right, moving forward, are more and more restaurants going to be going this direction? You order, you pick it up, but we don't expect you to be eating it here. We discuss in just a minute. 414-799-1620. Uh... How does that work with your lifestyle? If you're on the line, please hold on. Back to talk about it in just a moment. We are broadcasting once again live from the Wisconsin State Fair. This is Jeff Wagner.
0: Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
1: We are broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair. A gentleman just walked up here. He's got a T-shirt that says, I love my wife. Now I that's that's a nice. I love my wife. See now that's that is a nice thing. Uh, <laughs> there's some small print in there that I can't read from here. Probably just as well. But I, I love my wife. I you know. Oh, and the Bud Light. <laughs> I got it. I got it. All right. Now see my. See, I know. my my wife, she you know she goes out and does all sorts of shopping for me. You know that's what I need to find. She needs to find a thing that just says I I love my wife. There, that'd be all right because I do love my wife quite a bit. All right, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Here's a text, Jeff. I totally agree with Pizza Hut. I can't remember the last time I sat in a Pizza Hut, to eat my pizza. I have, however, on numerous occasions picked it up to go or had it delivered. I'd rather eat at home than in some restaurant where I have to worry about bad service. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. I do think that's kind of the wave of the future, especially in kind of the non-fine dining area. Now, I love to go out to eat simply because, well, a lot of times I just love the people watching and the, the whole interaction and things like that, but I can see more and more, especially in the casual area, it's like, hey, let's just pick it up. Let's go home. Dave in Waukesha. Dave, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
2: Hey, Jeff. How are you doing?
1: I'm well, thank you. Okay. Is this going to be a trend?
2: Uh, uh, yeah, I definitely believe so. I mean, bottom line, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense for all the brick-and-mortar stuff to you know, you know, to have the dine-in and, and whatnot, because ninety-nine percent of the people order stuff to go anyway. I mean, fine dining—you're right. I mean, that—that's—I would never order a nice
1: steak right. and
2: take that to go. You know, it's like
1: right, problem. right, but but for things like for things like pizzas and stuff pizzas like that, it's just as easy to
2: orders you know, or whatever. I mean, occasionally, yeah. There's sometimes where you. It's kind of nice to sit at a bar and you don't have a nice burger or something like that, you know, that type of thing. But, uh, you know, for all practical purposes,
5: it's,
2: it's um, yeah, much easier just
1: to, you know, right. give it as you go. You know I mean? Right. No, um, I, no, I'm with you. So call Dave. I mean, here, here's another text. Yeah. I believe Pizza Hut is on to something. People don't socialize as much anymore. They're glued to their phones. So it makes sense to change the stores to carry out. That person then says, by the way, I think Chinese restaurants are going to be next. Um, that. And I mean, it's true. I, I like Chinese food, but I, I can count on one hand in the last ten years the number of times that I've actually physically gone into a Chinese restaurant. One, two, three come to mind. Maybe there's one more two that I'm escape escape me. But typically, it's you know, you, you call up, you show up, you pick it up for carryout. Uh, Jim in East Troy. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
4: Good afternoon. You there?
1: I'm here. What do you think?
4: I agree with your guy about the Pizza Hut not going in as often and all of that stuff. But like I remember when he called in is we've learned personally at home to cook fresh, and uh, and we cook stuff way better tasting. It's very disappointing these days when we go into some of these restaurants and the food is just yeah. not that good.
1: Yeah. You right. So you're getting you're you're getting more adventurous. You're doing you're staying at home and doing a lot of cooking, huh?
4: We have been, and this is not a new thing for us, we've probably been doing it for almost 20 years now, and it gets more and more every year. Our our littlest one is now 16. She and she gets disappointed going out as well. Her and her boyfriend go out and comes back home. She goes, Dad, could you make this for me and my boyfriend? We had some, that it sucks. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah no, no, no. It's, it's a trend.
1: No, good. Thanks for the call. You know, it, it's interesting. We're... um my wife is cooking more now that she you know she she's retired she was in the hospitality industry for years and she's just a great cook and um, again i i'm talking about this this low carb diet i'm on and so we're we're just experimenting with all sorts of stuff and i said well honey you don't have to be on a low carb diet she's no no i'm 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 going to I'm going to do this with you, and actually she's been pretty good about you know, eating the same stuff I'm eating. She falls off the wagon every once in a while and has some ice cream or something like that, but that's okay. Uh, but it is it is true, you know, and you can you can make all sorts of good and interesting things at home. Mike on the northwest side. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hey. Hi. Good afternoon, Jeff. Hi, Hi Mike.
4: Yeah. Hey. Uh, my thoughts are that uh, pizza's on the right track. Uh, nobody wants to eat there in a casual dining area. Just pick up stuff and go home. But it's also a marriage to the trend with uh, every other industry, like groceries and everything else. Millennials don't want to do anything; they just want to just pick up stuff and go home. have people shop for them, pick it up, go home.
1: Right? Yeah, I know you're 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 right, and then and then you just never have to leave the house. Now, thanks to call, Mike. Plus, I mean, there the other there are the other advantages. I mean, let's look at it. I mean, the restaurant industry. You know, they they make a bunch of money on on, for example, beer and wine and things like that, and it's. It's, it's cheaper to, to drink at home if, you know, if, if that's the idea. Now, I think, you know, there's always going to be a place for restaurants and things like that and for people who want to go out, but I do think this, what you're seeing with Pizza Hut's decision over the last couple of days, this is just following in line with, as people are saying, the trend towards grocery stores doing delivery, the trend towards more businesses, you know, doing delivery as more and more people want it brought to them. Now, here's the flip side. Somebody gives me a text and says, Jeff, I eat at Pizza Hut's buffet once a week. I love it. It's very affordable. I mean, when I was. Younger um, used to go to used to go to Pizza Huts all the time. Not so much uh, lately. Uh, here's another text. Jeff Papa Murphy's may have also contributed to this decision as a competitor. And you know, I mean, that's that's the Papa Murphy's you know model that you. And a matter of fact, I we actually we went um, we went over to some friends' house. We brought Papa Murphy pizzas. A couple. It was about a week ago or so, and it, it couldn't have been easier. My wife calls up. You order them. You say what time you want to pick them up, and then you know we show up at six fifteen or whatever, and they're you don't even have to—they're already paid for. They're put on the credit card. We just walk in, and there's two or three pizzas or however many we purchased, and they're just sitting on the rack. You just grab them and you go. It could not have been you know any easier at all. And I, I think you know more and more people are trying to adapt to more and more lifestyles. All right, that's it for me. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, John Mercure is here, Melissa Barkley is here. We are broadcasting live from the State Fair one more time. Let's give yourselves a round of applause here, everybody. There you go. Okay, no, exactly. Now we Again, we, I always say we do that because there are people that still don't believe that we really landed on the moon back in 1969, that it was all fake, and I just want people to understand that we really are broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair. All right, back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.